0: God bless you. Good to see everyone this morning. Everyone's warm. I see lots of jackets, so we know it's winter officially. And uh, it's good to be in the house of God. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 10. I'll direct your attention there. Hopefully you have a Bible today or you're close to someone who does have a Bible. With our media down today, we won't be able to project it. But that's okay. We were getting along just fine before we had media. We have Bibles, and we can go right to it. Ephesians 4 and 10. If you have that, say amen. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. One said, that's Jesus, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles... And some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And I'd like us to pay close attention to verse 15. This will be uh, our launch pad for our lesson today. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. May grow up into him in all things. Which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love, maketh increase of the body. And so here we have the Apostle Paul giving a familiar lesson not only about the important role of ministry and the important role of the church and how it works together, but also how, as Christians, we are born again and we are born as new babes in Christ Jesus, as babies, and then we grow up, hopefully, we grow up and we are perfected in our relationship with God, and that King James vernacular that says, make it increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love, meaning that the, the as you mature, you grow in love, you grow in grace, you grow in strength, you grow in anointing, and all of this is the maturation process of a child of God. And so, with that in mind, with it being the time of year where we're uh, launching into the holidays, and before you know it, it'll be a new year, And people will be making resolutions, wanting to do better, be better, and grow. I'd like to talk to us about spiritual growth, or we could say spiritual maturity. But growing in our relationship with God, growing as Christians, and what that looks like. And I'd like to do it from this standpoint. I'd like to give you 12 myths about spiritual growth. 12 myths about spiritual growth i don't know if we'll get through all 12 of them but we're going to do our best and these are myths that many people believe about growing and maturing in god and because they believe these myths they are actually hindered in their ability to grow now how many want to grow in your relationship with god nobody thinks they've arrived do they i don't feel like i've arrived i want to continue to grow And I want to grow stronger in my faith, stronger in my relationship. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're not going to wait till January to do it. And the reason I don't want to wait till January is uh, by then, people are already uh, doing things that they decided on earlier. I want to give these to us in advance so that as you are thinking about how to grow in the new year, you can take these into account. Can we lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that your hand would be upon us, O God. I pray that we would grow not only only in our relationship with you, Lord, but in our relationship with one another as the body. I pray that we would be uh, committed to bettering ourselves and allowing you to strengthen us. I give you praise. I give you glory in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You know, growing up is in the natural. is is an interesting thing. It's it's amazing um, as you uh, age. Um, how you you actually have a hard time remembering what it was like to be a child. Maybe it's not like that for you, but for me, sometimes I struggle uh, to remember what it was like to. Uh, be a child. I sometimes struggle what it was like to not have bills uh, to pay, uh, or not even to think about the value of, of money. Sometimes I'll tell my son no to something that he wants, and uh, his first response is, can't you just get that uh, that card? You know, and I say, well, you know, bud, uh a card doesn't just have unlimited money. You don't just—it's not just to swipe it and get whatever you want. There, you're going to have to pay that eventually, or uh, in my case, it's going to come directly out of my account. But uh, his mind—he just can't comprehend how that works, and and it's hard for me to to go back and remember those days. Uh, sometimes I can, and holidays especially um, have a way of bringing memories flooding back. uh, Our our memories are triggered by things like smell and things like um, um, family gathering together and even foods. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Bring back memories. And so at holidays, uh, you know, I'll smell the turkey and uh, memories will come flooding back. And hopefully as an adult in the physical, you can look at your life now, and when you compare it to how you were when you were five or six or seven or eight, hopefully uh, you're able to say, I have grown not only in stature, but I've grown in maturity, Uh, I've grown in integrity, I've grown in knowledge, and... And that is the natural state of a human being. That's how God designed us, not only to grow in strength and in size, but to grow in our knowledge and in our ability to accomplish things. And in your spiritual walk with God, it should be that way as well. You should be able to look back. If you've been serving the Lord for uh, five years, 10 years, 15 years, hopefully, even though it can be hard, you know, that's one of the dangers of serving the Lord a long time is you can become so accustomed to the maturity that you have now that you forget the majesty and the wonder of what it was like when you first came to God. That's why it's so important to uh, every once in a while get back in an altar And remember how you felt when you first received the Holy Ghost. To remember what it was like the very first time you experienced the forgiveness of God. Is anyone able to go back in your mind and remember the first time that you experienced the life-altering forgiveness of God? Forgiveness that you didn't earn. Forgiveness that you didn't deserve. But God freely gave it to you. What an amazing thing that is. And the very first time that you felt the liberty to to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Anybody remember that? I know if you've been serving the Lord, you know, I, I was raised in Pentecost. I was born into this thing. And so uh, I, I was worshiping the Lord before I had the Holy Ghost. Uh, I, was, I was, you know, I was dancing on Sunday long before I had the Holy Ghost. Uh, I was in prayer meetings long before I had the Holy Ghost. So... I'm familiar with the things of God, but you need to be able to go back in your mind and and remember, I was was a babe at one point. I was a child in Christ Jesus. And if you're not careful, though, you can grow stagnant in your maturation process. So you've grown to a certain point, but wouldn't it be tragic if... Uh, As we seem to have, you know, I'm a millennial, so I can make fun of millennials. Uh, I'm just barely a millennial, uh, just by a few months. But I am one, and my generation gets teased quite a bit uh, for a lot of things. Some of it very deservedly so, some of it not so much. But one of the things that we're criticized for is uh, we have a tendency to... Not want to mature. Don't don't nod your head. Some of y'all really nodded your head, and it hurt my feelings a little. (laughs) We have a tendency to the millennial generation. uh, You know, there's a phenomenon happening in the world today that's it's very unique because you you have people who are uh, living at home till they're 33, uh, living with mom and dad till they're 33 you know my great grandfather and my grandfather i i used to love to hear them tell stories and you know those guys moved out of the house when they were 16 sometimes you know they were working jobs when they were 13 they were working full time jobs in high school and then when they got out of high school they they had a job and then uh, my grandfather he he worked uh, he went right into a uh, a full time job out of out of high school didn't make a lot of money and so uh, he went to night school so that he could better his education, so that he could get promotions. And that was just, uh, they, they never thought of moving back home. They, uh, they didn't expect anyone to do anything for them necessarily. But my generation has a tendency to get stuck in what other generations would have thought of as being 18 years old. Everybody okay? So sometimes we have uh, 25-year-olds, who are stuck in terms of their mentality at 18. And uh, we see this in other generations as well, where people, it's like they reach a certain level of maturity. They're not a baby anymore. They're a teenager or maybe a young adult, but they never progress past that in their level of maturity. We see this in the spirit realm as well. There are people who are no longer children, they're no longer babies, but they are also not adults in the Lord. They have progressed to a certain point, and then somewhere, somehow, they got stuck. They just never allowed themselves to become everything that they needed to be to mature fully in their relationship with God. This does not have to be the case. We can grow, we can mature, we can become strong. And here's one of the ways that you can know if someone is stuck in the maturation process in the relationship with God. If you have served the Lord a long time, but you are still completely dependent on being fed by others and you are not feeding someone else spiritually... All right, we're going to let the rubber hit the road here a minute. Everyone okay? All right. It, now, it's okay. We all have to be fed at some point, right? Even a, I like to be fed even now. I love it when someone cooks me a meal. Praise God. Anyone, anyone who wants to cook me a meal, I am, I am open to it. But you don't have to cook me a meal. I, I, can, I can do it myself. I'd rather you do it, but, but I can do it myself, and I do it all the time. And when it comes to the things of God, if you're to the point to where you are still stuck having to have everyone else feed you all the time, you're always the one that someone has to to come and and encourage in the Lord. You're always the person that someone else has to uh, give a word from God. Someone else has to have a prayer life that lifts up your prayer life. Someone else has to fast in order for you to feel an urge to fast. Someone else has to have a walk with God that constantly lifts your walk with God, then that's a dangerous place to be because you need to mature to the point to where you can be an adult and you can take babies and say, all right, I'm going I'm to help you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to help you grow. I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to tie your shoe. I'm going to show you how to. you put one arm in here and you put one arm over there and then you button the button. My son and I had a whole conversation this morning about why uh, men don't button all the buttons on their suit jacket. Guys, did you know you're not supposed to button every button on your suit jacket? You're not, y'all are not. you are looking at me crazy this morning. You're not supposed to button every button. You're only supposed to button one. If you have a three-button suit, you're supposed to button the middle one. And uh, I just know that's the rules. That's how it's taught to me as a gentleman. And uh, so I'm telling my son this, and he's asking me why. And I said, I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> Isn't that how we get sometimes? I don't know. Just do it. And so, but we're, we're training people up in the way that they should go. Spiritually, we ought to be teaching people uh, how to pray. We ought to be teaching people how to fast. We ought to be teaching people how to dress holy, how to talk holy, how to live holy, how to respond in church, how to read their Bible, how to study the Bible. And if you're not to the place where you are able to do that, this isn't a criticism, it's just simply you need to recognize I need to be striving to reach the place where I can be grown so that I can help others who need to grow as well. That's how you have revival, by the way. That's how a church becomes strong and thriving is when we grow to the point as spiritually to where we're able to help new babies as they come into the church, as they come into the house of God. You know, the other day I was I, this summer. I, I took my daughter just talking about maturity This isn't even really related. It's just a funny story. I took my daughter on uh, a daddy-daughter date night. And uh, I had read a book about how fathers should uh, take their daughters on on a date night and make it a really, really special night so that in the future, anyone that they meet, and uh, God forbid when she's 31 and she dates someone, um, in, in that distant, far off future. uh, They'll compare everything that you do on special date nights. They'll compare it, uh, that person to you. And so if someone comes along who's not a gentleman, someone who comes along who's not respectful or uh, those things, uh, you know, he won't compare, they'll compare it to that. And it'll be hard for anyone to meet that level. And I thought, that sounds good to me. Praise God. We'll do that. And so we were Going on the date night, and I was opening doors for, and of course I'm telling her, uh, you know, in the future, in 20 years, if you ever go on a date, and, uh, and, the, and the very first thing that happens, if they do not open the door for you, just, just leave. Don't even go with them. Just leave. You know, I'm saying things like that. I'm like, if you come out from the house, and you're walking to the car, and they don't get out and open the door for you, just walk back in the house and say, Daddy, I'm not going anywhere with him. Praise God. That's good preaching. So we're doing, <laughs> I'm trying to make this, you know, as hard on some guy as possible in the future. And, uh, and so we were, we did all these things and, and uh, talking about maturing though, growing. And, and I took her um, to Capitol Grill. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Capitol Grill, but it's a, it's a delicious steakhouse in, uh, in downtown Atlanta. Uh, nicer than any steakhouse I'd ever been to, but remember... I'm setting the bar for some future guy, okay? All right? So there's no amount too high to make it hard on this guy in the future, okay? Everybody with me? I don't go to places like this, but I'm going to make sure that when she goes on her first date, she's expecting something that's hard to reach. So, uh, so I take her to the Capitol Grill. It's one of these places where um, it, it isn't even that the food is so much better than other places' food. It's just the service you receive. Anybody know what I mean? So um, they, the waiter comes and uh, they know your name before they ever get to the table because you have to call ahead. So they get your names and when the server comes, uh, he knows your names. He greets you by name. Uh, he he wipes, he takes a little thing and he wipes your face. If you have something on your face and they have little brushes and they brush the table if crumbs, get on the table and it's white tablecloths and candles and beautiful paintings everywhere. And everything's a la carte. And the steak is delicious. You have to pick the cut. You have to pick the marbling. I mean, it's a whole process. They go back there, and it's just this huge thing. And I'm loving every minute of it. I could tell my daughter was enjoying it. And, uh, and so, uh, but nothing is too much to make it hard on this future guy someday. And, uh, and so, I get the bill. I get this enormous bill. I'm travailing in the spirit. You know, oh, Lord, this better work. This better make it really hard on some guy someday. I'm presenting it to the Lord as an offering. You know, Lord, this is my offering. And so I'm I'm in the process of paying this bill. And my daughter looks at me so sweet and innocent as a child. And she says, Daddy, this was so much fun. But, you know, in all honesty, I think Cracker Barrel has better steak than this place. Glory to God. I didn't know if I should laugh or cry, be proud or disappointed. I didn't know what to do. But that, that's how it is sometimes in, in the, even in, in the spirit realm. You know, sometimes we, we, as we're maturing, we also recognize that, you know, we need the Word of God. It doesn't have to be fancy always. It doesn't ha- Someone shouldn't have to always wipe our mouth. Someone shouldn't have to come wipe our table down. We just need the Word of God. We need the sincere meat of the Word. And it'd be a blessing to us no matter what the format is. All right. That was a lot of introduction. Let me take you to myth number one about spiritual growth where a lot of people are confused. Spiritual growth and maturity. This is the myth. Spiritual growth and maturity happens automatically after the new birth experience. So automatically after repentance, uh, water baptism in Jesus' name, and receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Many people believe That when they are saved, when they are justified, when they go through that new birth process, now there will be automatic spiritual growth that takes place in their life. And they can just kind of put it on autopilot and the Holy Ghost will do all the work for them. And now they'll just walk on water and they'll fly above the clouds and they'll just kind of float through and they'll grow. It does not work that way in the spirit you are going to have to put effort into your spiritual maturity. Can a, can a saint of God say amen? It's going to take some effort on your part. It's going to take some work on your part. Just like, just like a child uh, is going to begin the process of growing as a baby and someone's going to give them milk. They're going to receive milk and everyone's going to do everything for them. But then at some point, there's going to be a horrible day and they wake up early and they get up, and they go to a place called school. And they're going to do that for for 12 grades. That's a lot of work. Anybody remember school? School's a lot of work. And then nowadays, you're going to do 12 grades, and then more than likely, you're going to go back to a place called college, and you're going to work hard there for a little while. And you do all of that work. You know why you do all that work? So you can work. Yeah. Yeah, we do all that work so we can work until we're 70, 80, whatever it is. And, and then we do all that so maybe we can retire someday. It's a lot of work. And, 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 and there's a lot of joy that goes in the midst of all of that. I'm not trying to make it sound dark, but I'm just telling you, even as a child, you're going to have to put some effort into things. When it comes to our relationship with God, we're going to have to make an effort. God's not asking you to come to church five days a week. He just wants you to come to the house of God on Sunday. He wants you to come to the house of God on Wednesday for Bible study. He wants you to grow. He wants you to get in his word. God isn't even asking for you to give him 50 or 60 hours of a week reading the Bible. But you should be in the word every single day growing in your relationship with God. That's how it works. All right, myth number two. Myth number two. If we can get the screen to go here. Spiritual growth and maturity is only attainable for a select few people. Some people have the mindset that uh, only the pastor can be truly mature in God. Only, uh, only ministers, only certain prayer warriors. That Some people are, are just naturally prayer warriors some people aren't some people are just naturally uh good at uh praying people through to the holy ghost and some aren't some people are just naturally uh strong in god and others just aren't and it really becomes a victim mindset where we can think you know i'm different than them it's it's easier for them to be spiritual it's it's easier for them to fast it's easier for them to pray and But for me, it's different. I'm, I'm not like them. My background was different. My, uh, my genetics are different. My personality is different. And that becomes an excuse for us not to grow. I want you to understand that everyone, everyone can be strong and mature in the Lord. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who your mom is, your dad is. You can be strong in the Lord. You can have an anointing. You can have power in the Holy Ghost. You can be a prayer warrior. You can be used by God. God can use you in ways that you cannot even imagine. But you're going to have to step up and recognize, I've got to be willing to let God use me. I've got to be willing to let God use me. David was just a shepherd boy out in his dad's field. He was the least of his brethren. He was the one that everybody thought was just going to be out there in the fields writing his little silly songs for the rest of his life while everyone else was fighting battles and doing great things. And all the while, David was just surrendering his heart and his life to God. Wherever you are right now, if you will surrender your heart, Your life, your praise, and your worship to God. God is going to anoint you. God's going to call you out of the field. God's going to call you from wherever you are. And he's going to use you in ways that you cannot fathom if you'll surrender to him. Do not believe the myth that you cannot grow and be strong in the Lord like other people are. Myth number three, complete spiritual maturity can be attained instantly if you just find the right key or spiritual experience. Let me say that again. Some of you need to hear this. Complete spiritual maturity can be attained instantly if you just find the right key or spiritual experience. Look at your neighbor and say, that is not true. That is not true. There are people, immature Christians, who spend their entire lives looking for the next word of prophecy, that will help them grow. They're looking for the next conference that they can go to that will finally give them what they need. They're looking for the right church. So, this is the person who uh, has been to 3,000 churches in their uh, tenure with the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, if I can just get to the right church, if I can just get the right prophet in my life, if I can just get the right key, if I can just read the right book. If I can just get a 12-step program that tells me how to go from here to here, I will finally be strong in the Lord, and it will happen instantly. There is no shortcut to spiritual maturity. It's not going to happen overnight. Just like a child isn't going to just wake up one day and, uh, and, and be grown. When it comes to your relationship with God, it's going to take time, and it's going to take faithfulness. Everyone said faithfulness faithful to his word thy word have i hidden in mine heart that i might not sin against thee O god it's going to take time spent in prayer you're going to have a relationship with god that grows over time it's going to take faithfulness to your church faithfulness to ministry faithfulness to the things of god for you to be mature in the lord not that doesn't mean it takes 20 years it just means it doesn't happen overnight look at your neighbor and say stop looking for another prophecy To make you grow. God's given you his word. You know, if a prophecy comes, praise the Lord. If it's a true prophecy, we thank God for it. But that is an addition. That is something that God gives us to build up our faith. It's something that God gives us as an additive to our faith. It should not be the foundation of our faith. Everybody okay? I see a lot of people who fall... Because they spend their entire relationship with God looking for a word. Just give me a word of prophecy so I can finally know what I ought to do. You shouldn't have to wait for a word. God's given you His word. Be in His word. And then God will give you additional words, but those will be add-ons. Those will be blessings. Those will be things that, that enhance you and they'll be helpful to you. But they should not be the basis of your maturity. They should come because of your maturity. Everybody okay? All right. Myth number number four. If we can get to it here. Spiritual maturity can be determined solely by how much you know about God and the Bible. Spiritual maturity can be determined solely by how much you know about God and the Bible. That sounds true, but it's not. Everybody okay? Okay. I know a lot of people who can quote the Bible backwards and forwards, forwards and backwards, side to side. They have all kinds of knowledge about God. I know people who could preach better than I preach. I know people who could quote scripture better than I can quote scripture from memory. But they are living in absolute sin. I saw this quote the other day. It's, uh, I think it's a Tozier quote, A.W. To Tozier. Uh, he said, The devil is a better theologian than all of us, and he's still a devil. Hello? Yeah. When, uh, when Satan comes against you in your mind, he knows more scripture than you do. Yeah. You know, the devils believe and they tremble. Devils believe, but they're still devils. Right? Knowledge about God is not the same as serving God. Knowing stats about God, knowing stats about the Bible is not the same as knowing the God of the Bible. Yeah, you can know God as one. You can know he's good. You can know a lot of wonderful things about God and know them theoretically. You can know them mentally. But until you have him working inside of your heart, until you have the spirit of God operating inside of you, until you have allowed that God to transform your mind, transform your heart, change your lifestyle, yeah, all you have is a knowledge and knowledge is not sufficient. Uh, I I can know uh, a lot of things about a lot of people, and and that doesn't mean that I know them. Uh, One of the things that is always interesting to me about teenagers who get caught up with, God forbid, movie stars or or, uh, famous musicians um, is they feel like they know them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't let my kids, I don't encourage this with my kids. I don't, I don't let them put posters up of um, singers or movie stars, I, I just, I don't do that kind of thing. It feels a little icky like idolatry to me, is that okay to say? And so we just don't do that kind of thing. And, uh, but I remember as a kid, this will date me just a little bit, um, but everyone was in my generation was caught up with um, Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I, I lived near uh, Michael Jackson's hometown in Chicago. Uh, he's from Gary, Indiana, which is basically Chicago. And uh, so everyone was caught up with Michael Jackson. And uh, even though we lived kind of in the area, everybody felt like they knew Michael Jackson. They knew everything about him. They knew all the stats. Same was true of in my generation of Michael Jordan, uh, Scotty Pippen. See, these are basketball players. Nobody knows because this is my childhood, and but in Chicagoland, everybody felt like they knew these people. They 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 talked about them. They had pictures of them. Uh, they collected cards with their faces on them. And in those days we had uh, things called CDs. My kids still wonder what that is. They have no clue. Uh, th- didn't play from your phone back then. You had to put a CD in, and uh, or a tape, and. And everyone felt like they knew these people, and, and uh, if they saw them in the distance, uh, I remember one time uh, we were at a parade, and Michael Jordan was in the parade, and there were uh, there were thousands of teenagers. Just they were just screaming for him, and they were reaching out, and they one of them touched his hand, and they almost fainted. And it was this huge thing, and everyone they're signing his shirt and everything. And then I was talking to him later, and uh, I said, Oh, I it, I just feel like. I just feel like I've known him my whole life, and I said he said one word to you. One word. He said, "Awesome." And he did his thumb up like that. I said, "Now you have respect for him, that's, that's good, but you don't have a relationship with him, because Michael don't know your name. He doesn't know you from Adam. You could walk in the room, he wouldn't have a clue who you are. No, he'd remember signing my shirt. No. He signed millions of shirts. He doesn't remember you at all. People have this this kind of fake relationship oftentimes with people. And you know, if you're not careful, you you can have a fake relationship with God where you get excited about God. You, you, You feel goosebumps when you get in the presence of God, but you don't have a relationship with God. You're a fan, but you're not a follower you you you're in the fan club but the fan club is not really a relationship you're just you're getting some of the overflow of the excitement of what of what god is doing i don't know about you but i don't just want to be a fan of god i want to be a follower of god i want to lay my nets down i I don't want to just be like the rich young ruler who ran up to jesus and had some butterflies and said what can i do to follow you and then and then when i'm told what i need to do go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor then I decide, oh, I sure didn't enjoy the church service, but this Monday through Sunday stuff, that's a little bit harder. That's how you know you're a fan, but you're not a follower. How many want to be a a follower of God? Let's stand and lift up our hands. I'm closing. God, I pray that we'd have spiritual maturity in the new year. I pray that you'd strengthen us. I pray that you'd help us. I pray that we'd grow. I pray that we'd be right with you, O Lord. As we enter into the holiday season, God, I pray that our minds would be clear. I pray that you'd bless time with our families and our friends. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.